This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Pandemic setback. Despair as beleaguered small business owners are ordered to shut down once again. It's pretty devastating. And the extraordinary steps taken as the first late night talk show returns to the studio. Hi, everyone. Look at the crew. Then... Jeffrey Epstein's confidant, her first appearance in court. Denied bail. The judge is saying, I do not trust that you'll come back to court. Plus, save my baby. Oh, please. Her three-week-old daughter is choking. <laughs> and what we can all learn from the death of Glee star Naya Rivera. One, two, three. The safety steps that could have saved her life. Like Naya Rivera, I've rented a pontoon boat. This is my three-year-old daughter, Alexandra. Plus the Karen phenomenon. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Angry women caught on tape. That's Karen, and she's calling the cops. How did it start? And why the name Karen? These three nice Karens really want to know. I'm, I'm Karen. Karen. And emergency. Oh, great. So I just got bit by a copperhead. The race to get to the anti-venom before it's too late. Hey Siri, call 911. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello everybody and thank you for joining us. The nation's death toll from coronavirus continues to grow. At least 44 states are seeing an increase in cases and seven states report their highest hospitalization rates for COVID-19 since the pandemic began. One of those states is California, where the governor is rolling back several reopening provisions amidst a spike in new cases. The result, as Jim Murray reports, is that some small business owners wonder if they'll be able to make it. Heartache for this gym owner. Four weeks after reopening, he's been ordered to close again. Extremely frustrating. Um, I mean, we're doing everything we can. Pete Sampson says he did everything he could to ensure the safety of his members. He even built individual pods for workouts. Now he has to tell his members to stay home following California Governor Gavin Newsom's rollback. It's frustrating because, you know, I don't blame the governor for what he did. He's just trying to protect everyone, but it's more so those people who are not doing their part of putting the mask on, not being cautious. Another gym owner, Mike Enns, is refusing to shut down. This is our community. People, this is all they have left, and we're going to take that away from them. I'm going to stand up and fight. Hospitals in California are getting overwhelmed. Some are even erecting tents in the parking lot to care for the overflow of COVID-19 patients. There's just no space anymore. And we're three hospitals in the high desert here and all three at capacity. In Florida, embattled Governor Ron DeSantis was heckled at a briefing. We're getting record-breaking cases every day, and you are doing nothing. He's under fire for refusing to issue a mandatory mask order despite the explosion of COVID-19 cases. 
Florida is being described in one report as the COVID capital of the world. Miami is actually being compared to Wuhan, China. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Tonight Show. And Jimmy Fallon returned to his New York studio last night for the first time since the pandemic shut down production. The show looked very different. No audience and just the bare minimum crew. Guest Charlize Theron appeared via Zoom. Everyone here in the studio has tested negative for COVID, and all of our crew are wearing masks and face shields, and we're all six feet apart. He gave viewers a glimpse of what it took to get back to his offices. His temperature was checked as he arrived. And take a look at the camera guys. They're wearing masks and face shields. I'm here to show you that there is a light at the end of the tunnel if we all do our part to keep each other safe. Three of the nation's largest school districts, Los Angeles, San Diego, and Atlanta, have all announced that classes will be virtual when students go back this fall. Jeffrey Epstein's confidant, Ghislaine Maxwell, made her first appearance in front of a federal judge today, one week after she was nabbed on sex trafficking charges. Looking very different from the socialite she once was, Maxwell was not able to convince a judge to release her to be on house arrest while she awaits trial. Stephen Fabian was there. Jeffrey Epstein's confidant, Ghislaine Maxwell, must stay behind bars. A federal judge turned down her plea for bail today. Ghislaine Maxwell appeared by herself on video in a stark white room. Her hair was pulled back in a bun. She was fidgeting at times. It also looked like she was taking notes. She took a few sips from what looked like a small white styrofoam cup. Her face was sullen, and when she spoke to the judge, she spoke in soft tones, including when she entered her not guilty plea. And when she finally learned that she'd be staying in custody and bail was off the table, she showed little to no emotion. We also heard from an alleged victim named Annie Farmer, who called into the hearing and said she met Ghislaine Maxwell when she was 16 years old and called her a significant flight risk. We also heard a written statement from another alleged victim, this one unnamed, who called Ghislaine Maxwell a monster and said that Jeffrey Epstein would not have been able to do what he did without Ghislaine Maxwell. Defense attorneys asked for $5 million bail and house arrest in New York. They said 58-year-old Ghislaine Maxwell is not a flight risk. But prosecutors said she is skilled at hiding and may flee America if released on bail. They pointed out that on the day of her arrest at this 156-acre estate in New Hampshire, FBI agents had to break down the door of her million-dollar home. They claimed Maxwell tried to flee to another room in the house. They also found a cell phone wrapped in tinfoil, a misguided effort to evade detection. The judge is saying, I do not trust that you'll come back to court. And that's why there's no bond or bail. And that's why she'll be sitting in jail at least until July 21st of 2021 when the trial starts. Officials estimate Maxwell moved on average three times a month to avoid being found. We've learned more about the tragic death of former Glee star Naya Rivera. The local sheriff says she used her last bit of strength to safely get her little boy in their rental boat before she slipped under the water. We have more on the tragedy and the teachable moments it offers for the rest of us. This is the situation Glee star Naya Rivera found herself in. Out on the water, enjoying an afternoon swim with her young child. This is Anne Mercagliano. Like Naya Rivera, I rented a pontoon boat. It's a beautiful day in New Jersey. This is my three-year-old daughter, Alexandra. I've taken swimming lessons. I consider myself a pretty strong swimmer. My daughter has taken swimming lessons. Experts say there are important safety lessons to be learned from the Glee Star's tragic death. 
To ensure everyone's safety, onboard Anne's pontoon is a licensed boat operator. Naya and her four-year-old son Josie were alone that fateful day. That apparently made the difference between life and death. Another important safety tip, always wear a life jacket. Little Josie was wearing one. Naya apparently was not, say local authorities who found her body yesterday after a six-day search. The body does not have a life jacket. There was an adult-sized life jacket in the, in the uh, pontoon boat that she had rented. The adult should be in a life jacket. The child should be in the life jacket. And you preferably would have more supervision, another adult with you as well. Never do it alone. One fact that has come to light is that Naya Rivera died a hero. Authorities say when Naya Rivera and her son went swimming, their boat may have drifted due to high winds. While Naya and her son, Josie, were able to swim back to the boat, she used whatever strength she had to get her little boy back on, but apparently was too weak to save herself. He told investigators that he looked back and saw her disappear under the surface of the water. These boats can move very quickly with the wind. They're very light and they're very high off the water. And we've seen this here at this lake. And these boats will drift away from you so fast and you cannot swim as fast as the wind can push it. Important lessons for everyone to make sure a day on the water doesn't end in tragedy. The lake where Rivera drowned is known to be dangerous because of whirlpools in which several people have been killed. Locals have been petitioning for years to have warning signs posted for swimmers. Now, some heart-stopping police dash cam video as an officer tries to save the life of a three-week-old baby who was choking, all while her frantic family was watching. A police car pulls up to a house, responding to an emergency call. Hey, what's going on with the baby? A mom in hysterics runs out, holding her choking three-week-old girl. Okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. Let me see the baby. What follows is pure drama as mom wails. The cop takes charge. He's still blinking, he's blinking. As he performs back blows, the infant's distraught mom collapses in a heap. Yes, there you go, okay. He's crying, he's crying, okay? He's crying, hey, it's okay, he's crying. He's crying, he's crying. He's okay, he's crying. She? Yeah, she's breathing, she was crying a minute ago. I have to say this about you. You were cool as a cucumber. Yes, sir, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I attribute all that to all the training that I've received. If I start freaking out or if I can't handle myself or maintain my cool, then that just escalates everything for the family. There you go. Okay. He's crying. He's crying. The police chief called the officer a hero. We definitely agree. Shakespeare famously asked, what's in a name? Well, these days, if your name is Karen, your name has recently been used as a pejorative slang for an entitled white woman. But why Karen? Megan Alexander went looking for answers. They've been caught on tape ranting and raving. Get that on camera! Causing a scene. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. Complaining about what sure seems like nonsensical things. Um, illegally selling water without a permit. Social media is dubbing them Karens. That's Karen, and she's calling the cops. And the phenomenon even has a Wikipedia page. A woman perceived to be entitled or demanding beyond the scope of what is considered appropriate or necessary. I am not a racist person. You just, you just made but a you racist comment. You need to go home. So why the name Karen? As far as we can determine, the first woman to be tagged as a Karen was Kate Gosselin of Kate Plus 8 fame. 
This meme started circulating on social media in 2014. Jamie Cohen is a new media expert. It's a name that represents an age and that age ranges from like 35 and 55 at this point. And so it's a specific age. It's kind of like saying Peggy or Margaret. Like you won't meet young people with that name. So you won't really meet young people with the name Karen. Let's face it, Karen, at least for now, is not the most popular name to have. Just ask these very nice ladies, all of them named Karen. I'm Karen. I'm Karen. I'm Karen. This Karen is a stand-up comic. Certainly in the stand-up world, Karen's kind of been a placeholder name for annoying women. Uh, for years. This Karen uh, is from Orange County, California. At what point did you realize that the name Karen was starting to have a bit of a sarcastic and some would say negative connotation to it? Recently, with everything going on in the news, it's kind of taken a darker turn, I think. So it's not like I could even be dropping jokes about it anymore. This Karen from Pennsylvania also, says it's gotten so bad, she has stepped back from social response. media. Anytime you make a comment and your name is Karen, the response is, oh, typical parent response. So it's a no-win situation for us. Unfortunately, so at least for these really nice bad. Karens, really the Karen phenomenon shows no sign of slowing down. I'm, I'm Karen. Karen. Karen was once one of the most popular names in America, but it has dropped about 75% in popularity more recently. This next guy is definitely somebody you want to have around in an emergency. He was bitten by a snake while mountain biking. He calmly identified the snake as a poisonous copperhead and then documented the entire race to get an antidote. He is certainly one cool customer. This guy is Mr. Cool, even after he's attacked by a venomous snake. Oh, great. So just got bit. Marshall Mosher was mountain biking on Atlanta's Soak Creek Trail when he got bitten. I was just sort of shocked that that was a snake. Does he panic like most of us would? Nope. Instead, Marshall goes after the snake to identify it. He rattles the log the reptile is hiding under. Oh, he's up. Oh, God. There he is. One of the first things that we're supposed to do is, is identify what the snake is. If you get bit by a venomous snake, you need to know what the type is to get the antivenom. The cyclist realizes it's a copperhead. Though rare, its bite can kill. Hey, Siri, call 911. He enlists Siri, the iPhone's virtual assistant, to find the closest hospital with antivenom. Hey, my name is Marshall. I got bit by a copperhead. Okay, You're thanks sure so much. Yeah, 100% sure. I got pictures. All this time, he remains calm. I'm trying to keep my heart rate down. Good thing I've got this e-bike. He even cracks a joke to his friend. I think we have time to do like one more loop before I pass out. <laughs> After 30 minutes, there's no inflammation and no pain. <laughs> no spelling. I'm probably fine. Hopefully. He determines it's a dry bite. The snake bit him, but did not inject venom. It takes a lot of resources for that snake to make that venom, and it doesn't want to waste it if it doesn't have to. So it's more of a warning bite than anything. Oh, he's out. Oh, God. There he is. Wow, he is very lucky. By the way, copperheads are responsible for more venomous bites than any other snake in the country. We'll be back with more right after this. Next, broken heart syndrome during the pandemic. How COVID-19 is leading to another crisis, broken heart syndrome. My heart actually had stopped beating. Oh my God. And last dance. Welcome. The big shakeup at Dancing with the Stars. Plus, the teen trapped inside a baby swing. How the heck did this happen? Ow. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. 
It may be the other pandemic that's happening alongside COVID-19. Experts at the Cleveland Clinic have noted that broken heart syndrome, a cardiac condition related to stress, has doubled since coronavirus hit. It is clear that all the sadness and stress everyone's experienced is taking its toll. Richard Watkins is lucky to be alive. He survived what's called broken heart syndrome. It was a matter of uh, the stress affecting my, the way my heart operated. Broken heart syndrome, known formally as Takotsubo syndrome, is happening more and more due to the stress of the pandemic and the economic chaos. Dr. Stephen Reisman is director of New York Cardiac Diagnostic Center. It's possible we're seeing more people with broken heart syndrome during the COVID epidemic because of the stress and anxiety related to it, possibly loved ones are die, dying or in the hospital, and other acute stressful events. 64-year-old Richard never had a prior history of heart problems, but he's certainly been under stress. He's been homeschooling his boys 10 and 12 and dealing with a shutdown at his job as a business executive. His 91-year-old father has just passed away. On the morning of the funeral, Richard yeah. was stricken. I started feeling this strange tightness in my back. And then the back of my arms went numb. I just kind of put my head down on the kitchen table and that was it, I was out. And uh, my heart actually had stopped beating. Oh my God. We saw him flatline. We, I, I saw him turn blue. Richard's wife, Nicole, gets emotional thinking about that day. And I did CPR on my husband to save his life. So um, it was hard. Richard Watkins isn't alone in suffering from broken heart syndrome. Hollywood icon Debbie Reynolds was widely reported to have died of it in 2016, one day after the death of her daughter, Carrie Fisher. When Richard was finally released from the hospital, welcome home signs greeted him. He and his wife say it's great to be back, having learned a vital lesson. We do see things differently. Um, you need to enjoy your life. Doctors say exercise and finding ways to relieve stress are key components in preventing a recurrence of broken heart syndrome. When we come back, there has been a big shakeup at Dancing with the Stars. Wait till you hear who is out of the ballroom. Get ready for some big changes on Dancing with the Stars. It's a Dancing with the Stars shakeup. Longtime host Tom Bergeron and co-host Aaron Andrews are hanging up their dancing shoes. It's been an incredible 15-year run and the most unexpected gift of my career, Bergeron wrote. I will always cherish my days on that set, even if I wasn't the best at walking in heels, Aaron Andrews joked. ABC confirmed the departures, saying they're seeking a new creative direction when the show returns in the fall. She's in full bloom. Just weeks away from giving birth, Katy Perry enjoys a day at the beach wearing a strapless fuchsia swimsuit. The pop star and American Idol judge splashed in the surf while cooling off during the California heat wave. When we come back, a teen in a sticky situation. Finally today, maybe TikTok should come with a warning to not try this. She's stuck and she can't get out. The 14-year-old found herself trapped in a baby swing while recording a TikTok video in the UK. Her mom can't believe it. If you're not very famous on TikTok, you will be. Firefighters have never gotten a call like this before. They even used dishwashing soap to try to slide her out. Oh, that really hurts. The viral video is reminding many of the American high schooler who got stuck in her seatbelt. I don't know how this happens. Seriously. 
It looked like a game of Twister setting her free. As for the teen in the baby seat, tick-tock, tick-tock, she was trapped for almost two hours before being set free. The teen's thankful mother says she is going to bake a cake for her daughter's rescuers. That is Inside Edition for today. I'm Deborah Norville. Thank you for watching. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Inside Edition ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Dars. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.